So, let me, I can't sit this low. <laughs> me either. <laughs> um, all right, so gang, Whoa. this is pretty cool. Um, so who I have to the right of me is Christopher Payne Sr. That's correct. Not to be confused because he's got elite children. So <laughs> his daughter, Emmeline, got a full ride to play college basketball. <clears throat> you got a full ride to play college baseball. Um, your oldest son got a full ride to fish, which I always joke about because had I known about that, which I don't even think it was a thing back when I was in high school. No, it definitely wasn't. <laughs> But if it was, I wouldn't have played basketball. Mm -hmm. He definitely went in the right direction. Mm -hmm. uh, if there was like some kind of sport, like game warden sport, <laughs> that would have been me. <laughs> yeah. uh, so he got a full ride to uh, fish for UT. And then your youngest son is getting a full ride to pitch. Has he committed? Can we can't well, say that on there. No, he's, he's verbally committed to University of Tennessee, but it's not. he's, he's not going to get a full ride. Uh, unfortunately, baseball only has 11.7 .7 scholarships uh -huh. for a roster of about 32. 11.7? 11.7. How did he figure that out? I don't know. I don't know who that, who that .7 guy is, but um, I know who 11 are. Luke. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, yeah, I hope he gets 70%. But yeah. no, he, he, he should be with uh, my wife being a teacher mm -hmm. here in the state, so they get a really good um, discount there. As, as along with hopefully we'll get his ACTs up. They're pretty yeah. pretty good right now, but hopefully we'll get his ACT up to where it'll help out on uh, some tuition and like stuff like that. So didn't follow in his mom's footsteps on the ACT. That had to be no, more. no, he was more, uh, he shaded uh, more towards me on the ACT <laughs> score, unlike his uh, sister. So Yeah, yeah, she's smart as a whip. Yeah. All right, so <clears throat> I want to introduce to the audience who you are. I came to know Chris um i guess about five years ago yeah so i was being recruited by a bank and um you know the bank obviously knew about the c-lock strategy and wanted to to kind of bring me into the fold and at the same time chris was uh heading up the lending department for that bank and uh, that's how we met and became good friends kind of worked on a, a HELOC product for that bank and then uh, a couple of years ago uh, chris uh, opened up his own shop and the purpose of that was really to get gobbled up by a big bank, mm -hmm. which is essentially what, what happened. Mm -hmm. um, so a big bank uh, up north uh, gobbled that up. And Chris does the same thing with that bank, specializing in first lien position, home equity line of credit. Mm -hmm. So Chris is the principal of home of the smart loan. Yeah, right? ULG home of the smart loan. Yeah, ULG yeah. home of the smart loan. and One uh, of the principals. It's a cool product. So yeah. let's just kind of go back. You know, because you were a mortgage guy, mm -hmm. you know, lending. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I was a mortgage guy. Right. So when you first learned about this, what was your initial reaction to hearing this type of strategy or what we were trying to accomplish? Well, it was almost... Um, laughable? No, I wouldn't say laughable. <laughs> it was very intriguing. Uh, I, I enjoy numbers. I'm more of a numbers guy. And then once, once um, you know, we dove down into it, mm -hmm. it just, it was incredibly eye-opening. Right. Um, that, that this product is there and that more people do not participate in it. And so, you know, when you and I first met, you introduced me to it and it didn't take me long to fall in love with the product. Uh, and then I, you know, I was like, how can we, how can we uh, work together and, and bring this to, to the attention of, of millions of people across the country? Right. And a lot of people don't realize that, <clears throat> even though I've mentioned it multiple times, you know, if you were to take our audience and 
break it down by job description mm -hmm. or industry of who you know is the highest concentration of our clients it would be people in the lending industry yeah because you know folks like us we do we pick up on it pretty quickly right and i've always said if the experts don't want a mortgage then why should you want a mortgage uh and then you i've, I've mentioned this several times on the podcast but this is the where this comes from uh, how would you describe this product? <laughs> well, <laughs> Michael, it's <clears throat> my description is probably not politically correct. That's okay. But um, I would describe it as uh, it's very comparable to yoga pants, to where everyone can wear them, but only a few should. Uh, and so I can't. It never with, gets old. No, it, it really doesn't. And there's always a vision there, and, and we've all had that vision. I mm -hmm. should not wear yoga pants, therefore I do not. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do enjoy participating in the first lane helots. Yeah, I remember when I first started ju doing jujitsu, uh, the second go around, and I wear rash guards <laughs> underneath. <laughs> so rash guards uh, up top is the top, and also underneath the, the gi and whatnot, and also underneath your shorts and stuff because you're on the mats. It, but anyways, my wife was like, are you really going to the gym in yoga pants? I'm like, these are not yoga pants. They're rash guards. She's like, what's the difference? I'm like, it's a good question because yeah. I think it's out of the same material. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. That is great. So, I do wear yoga pants. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I wouldn't tell everyone that. Yeah, for I sure. just did. I do not. So <clears throat> why is it that you say that, though? Uh, because I've said it multiple times. This isn't for everybody. In fact, it's not for most people. But why, why is it, from your perspective, do you think that this isn't for everyone? Well, it's, 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 um, I'm not going to say it's for the educated, mm -hmm. but it, it, it's for the cash flow positive person that's disciplined, mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't need to be babysat mm -hmm. and really, really, really wants to take control of their own finances and is, uh, you know, we use the term fear, right? Is, uh, fearless, uh, because a lot of times the traditional lending situation, they loan out of fear. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's how uh, traditional loans were created mm -hmm. was simply because uh, we're going to we're going to close it in to where it's very, I guess, predictable, right. if you will. Um, and so as I call it, a guaranteed loss. Correct. That's <laughs> No, you're exactly right. Yeah. You're exactly. Now, listen, we all know it's it's fantastic for 80, 90 yeah. percent of the public out there. But there are there is a uh, percentage. It's a foundational product, the, the way I look at it, depending on where you're at in your journey of trying to create some type of financial success or financial freedom, mm -hmm. a mortgage is a good foundation. Absolutely. But once you start graduating to different levels, it no longer makes sense from a mathematical standpoint. And people just didn't realize that there was an alternative. But yet here you sit, somebody who's worked with hedge funds and mm -hmm. worked with banks, you guys love first lien position mm -hmm. HELOCs. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also predictable on the bank side too. Absolutely. So if we could kind of talk a little bit about that, you know, what, what are some things that are predictable? Like for instance, you know, what, what are, give me some examples of some clients that you guys have had over the last couple of years mm -hmm. and what they've accomplished. A lot of our clients, you know, <clears throat> the big fear too, and again, I use that term fear, but uh, banks, they <laughs> like predictability uh, to where they know exactly where they're going to be mm -hmm. when, whenever they loan money out to a, uh, a borrower. Mm -hmm. They know exactly where they're going to be seven to eight to nine years from now. Right. They know exactly how that loan's most likely going to perform. Mm -hmm. uh, to whereas if you, the majority of banks don't want heavy 
firstly in HELOCs because it is a little bit unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as the interest rate? Well, no, not necessarily the interest rate, but the balance, the outstanding balance, because mm-hmm. how do they make money? Banks make money on outstanding balance. In margin, yeah. Correct, in margin. And so if we have a borrower, which we have, that has enormous amounts of cash flow, well, that that loan's only on their balance sheet for three, maybe four years. Right. Not incredibly profitable for the, for the institution, right? right? They, they pay it off, right? Correct. <laughs> they, they would most likely rather mm-hmm. have that eight, nine, 10 year, right. 15 year stint uh, to a closed end mortgage to where they're going to capture a majority of their interest up front. Yeah. It, it, and I would also um, piggyback on that, that it's not only not beneficial to the bank because there's no earned income off of the interest of right. that if they paid off really quick. But there's also lost opportunity from the consumer standpoint. 100% Depending correct. on where they're at in their life cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, so if mm-hmm. they pay it off, let's say like, you know, 42 years old, pay the house off and then never leverage it again. Mm-hmm. I, I've basically taken those funds and buried it in the backyard with no rate of return. Mm-hmm. When I could leverage those funds when opportunities arise, to invest, invest in companies, invest in crypto or mm-hmm. whatever. Right. Put that money into play and put it into motion because that's what you and I both know about banks. Right. They they get money in. As soon as they get in, they gotta go put it in play. It's called yes. arbitrage. Right. And you know, no different than people walk in the bank door and to the right, here's a checking account. Mm-hmm. We'll pay you zero point one seven percent on your checking account, and they walk over to the left and introduce you to you. And you're like, yeah, I'll charge you three percent on a HELOC. But as a consumer, you know, most folks don't. They're not. Their eyes aren't open to that. No, it's definitely the so hurt. Banks mentality. have to lend it out. And the reason why I bring that up is, banks. If there is a nuclear war, um, not just here, globally, mm-hmm. well, there's one business that will still operate. Mm-hmm. That's banking. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's one of the oldest and easiest ways to make money: arbitrage. So. We have to start thinking like bankers, mm-hmm. like ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's what we are. So mm-hmm. that's what a consumer needs to do is, okay, so I've, I've suppressed the interest. I've suppressed the balance. But if something else comes along that's an opportunity that could yield me 12, 15, 25% mm-hmm. rate of return, let me use those funds. Mm-hmm. They're also, in some situations, still tax deductible. Sure. So Sure. And that's, that's one thing that we kind of... Uh, was eye-opening to us because when we first started doing the product uh, and promoting the product through you and, 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 and your uh, avenues, we didn't realize how much wealth was going to be created. Mm-hmm. And so we, we have clients that, that um, got into a first lien HELOC five or six years ago uh, on just on their primary residence. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to go back and we'll get an email or we'll get a phone call and, and we have repeat customers because they're going back and using that, that created equity there to to um, increase their net worth through purchasing other, um, whether it be rental properties. Real estate. Correct. Insurance, Insur- policies. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's a big one. Um, yeah. I mean, so that that's back to the original point. It's not advantageous to the bank um, for a person to pay their loan off really quick because they don't earn any interest mm-hmm. income, but it's also not beneficial to the consumer because they're not keeping their eyes open to potential opportunities to increase cash flow. And then when you do that, what does that do to the HELOC? You increase your cash flow, well, you speed down the process even faster uh, of paying it off, but then opportunities, especially in this market, heck, for almost any market, I, as long as your eyes are open to opportunities, you can find one. Right. So um, 
Now let's talk about from a banker's perspective, because we get this a lot. And you've been in those conversations with the hedge fund, so you know what they're thinking and what they want to buy is, you know, people don't understand the difference between first lien HELOC mm-hmm. and second lien HELOC. Mm-hmm. And from a banker's perspective, and not just a banker, but somebody who owns a portion of a bank, what is what are the banks really wanting the position wise? Because people are like, okay, in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, HELOCs were frozen, as if it was just a blanket thing that went out mm-hmm. to the entire country that all HELOCs were frozen, which is mm-hmm. not the case. That's mm-hmm. not the truth at all. It was it wasn't uh, just second lien HELOCs, but it wasn't nationally. It right. was regionally. Atlanta, mm-hmm. Miami, Memphis, Vegas, mm-hmm. parts of California. Yeah, a lot of those markets did have HELOCs that were frozen. But what have you been told as far as HELOCs and first lien positions? We haven't had any, I don't know of one first lien HELOC that's ever been frozen uh, at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, the big misconception is in a HELOC, because traditionally we're, we're, we're conditioned to think a HELOC is a second mortgage. The easiest comparison I use is a second mortgage is promoted to to create debt, mm-hmm. and that that's what it's right. that's what it's promoted to do. Yeah. No one ever, when they're um, facilitating, a banker's not going to teach you how to pay that second loan off mm-hmm. quicker. He's not going to talk to you about cash flow analysis. He's not going to talk to you about um, daily interest. It's just he, can I get you approved? Correct. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. And and he's going to get you approved to create more debt for yourself. Now, yes, you might be a, you'll have a tangible product because that's what you're using the second mm-hmm. lien for, whether it's to, to upgrade some things around your home, buy a car, college, whatever it is. Right. Um, but that 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 is my mindset, is a second lien is promoted to create debt, whereas a first lien, is, along with your education, is taught how to pay it off and pay less interest mm-hmm. in the process. Yeah, but also being in first lien position drastically minimizes the risk of the bank. Oh, absolutely. The bank isn't nearly as nervous. So if something happens in the market, they have first collateral rights. Where in second lien position, that's when they get nervous. Right. You could could go back and look at your regional banks and your national banks. I would be willing to bet. I don't know the numbers, but I'll be willing to bet that less than 10% of second mortgages Mm -hmm. that defaulted the banks ever recouped any of their money? Yeah, through four, you know, through foreclosures or whatever it may be. Right. Um, and so, basically, at the end of the day, they look at it. Uh, they wouldn't tell you this, but mm-hmm. they look at it as an unsecured debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is what they look at simply because it is a lien on the home. But it, it, when you say unsecured, because if the value of that home drops mm-hmm. and there is a foreclosure, mm-hmm. they're not guaranteed. To no. get paid back. No, the first position has to be paid first, right? Um, and then, then whatever's left, the second mm-hmm. lien uh, would would be there. Yeah, so that's why I've talked to other podcasts about looking at the different balance sheets. Mm-hmm. You know, whether there's a because these banks do keep a balance sheet of what's in second lien, they keep a balance sheet of what's in first lien, right? And that second lien HELOC is really their target list. Mm-hmm. That if we have a real estate meltdown again, crash or correction, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. Um, then that's the second lien position is the target list. Like, okay, mm-hmm. we need to start calling these people up. We need to start checking credit on these and all that because that's that's when they get nervous because of what happened in 2008, 2009. Right. But in first lien position, you're not on that target list anymore. No, no. So, again, you, you protect the bank. You, by default, mm-hmm. protect yourself. Mm-hmm. So the loan product is called Home of the Smart Loan. Yes. 
and it was tailor fit for folks that understand and want to perform perform mm -hmm. the strategy. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the features, and we don't want to have to get too in, in depth as far as the features, because I know it's a proprietary mm -hmm. product and most banks do actually, maybe one other bank has this, but mm -hmm. their guidelines suck mm -hmm. that I know of. Right. And my team researches banks and credit unions all across the right. nation, which is one of the reasons why he and I partnered up because we needed, there wasn't a product like this with as good guidelines. There was one other product that, that kind of, I wouldn't say coaches people, but it, it has some of the tangible features mm -hmm. that your product has, but it's inferior in terms of guidelines and credit criteria and things of that mm -hmm. nature. So what, why is this product far superior than Joe Blow or Karen? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we were trying to think on a, a previous podcast, like, what do you call a male Karen? And I think somebody said Keith, Kevin or something like that. But, um, you know, what, Somebody who's like, all right, yeah, I get it. You know, I get a HELOC and use it like my mm -hmm. checking account. I'm just going to run down to the bank and get a HELOC. Right. Doesn't right. quite work that way. No, it's not. It's not that easy. And there is a lot of value into the what we call the bells and whistles of that uh, we've we've input into into our first lien HELOC. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, it, it didn't happen by accident. We we right. you know you counseled us. We we've spent many hours talking about what's important, what's not important. Mm -hmm. um, you, you, the servicing aspect of it is huge, massive. Uh, That's it, where others that tried to do this failed miserably. Correct. And in fact, that other product I was alluding to earlier. They're really just a broker to a bank that actually does it, which is why their guidelines suck and why their fees and costs are incredibly high because right. you got more hands in the cookie jar. Right. So with your product, we're going right to the source. Correct. The bank that lends the money and the bank that services the account. Correct. We're going to service your loan throughout the process, throughout the, the history of your loan. Mm -hmm. um, and so all these loans are put on our balance sheet. We're not we're not shopping it out to uh, to to another bank, mm -hmm. uh, to whereas Bankers Bank. And right. That's that's how that go how that happens. But uh, you know, it, and it's it's really hand holding mm -hmm. from the application process through the closing because people don't realize once you close, then it's very important that you're turned over to the bank side and, and, and you have a contact person there that you can communicate with. And how is it mechanized? Exactly. And that's where this product is so different than other HELOCs in the marketplace is what we're t getting a HELOC and using it like your checking account because your checking account is a, a source where your income is directly deposited. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you pay bills out of it and mm -hmm. things of that nature, but a checking account is a liability because there's no benefit to you as the consumer. In fact, you're losing money by having money in a checking account. Uh, right. It was funny because um, two days ago, I had Jeremy in here. Mm -hmm. Jeremy doesn't use bank accounts anymore. He uses crypto. Right. There you so, go. Yeah. And when he goes to buy lunch or dinner, he thinks in terms of bits or you know, Ethereum. It's like this This costs 0.11 Ethereum right. tonight or whatnot. So he's, he's trained himself to start thinking that way because his money sitting in the bank account is a liability where if it's sitting in some type of cryptocurrency or something else that's mm -hmm. an asset, mm -hmm. it, it's increasing in value to mm -hmm. him where a checking account doesn't. It decreases in value mm -hmm. because the bank isn't going to give you an interest rate that keeps up with the cost of inflation. So it's vitally important that this thing is mechanized so that you can treat it just like a HELOC. Mm -hmm. Where if I walk down the street, you know, we're probably surrounded by four or five banks right now. Mm -hmm. If I walk to any four or five of these, they have no clue what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And two, when I do get it, if I get it in the right position, because the disclosures will come over 
almost nine times out of 10 in the wrong position, in second right. lien position, or as a home equity loan, mm -hmm. which is disastrous. Correct. That's just debt on top of debt. But even if I were to get the right lien position, now I have to struggle with, okay, how do I get my money in there as fast as possible? Mm -hmm. And how do I mechanize it so it takes care of my financial life? Mm -hmm. And all I need to do is focus on going and make more money. Right. And that's what your product does. Yeah. From from even before you close, you're going to have a call. You're going to have your contact person mm -hmm. give you a call. And that's who, who you will communicate with through the closing process and then after the closing process. Mm -hmm. They're going to walk you right through your new account. Everything's going to be set up. They're going to get your direct deposit. Uh, and just, just pretty much handhold you all the way through the process. For That's sure. a major distinction mm -hmm. too, um, because we have educated thousands of people, mm -hmm. right? And those educated people will then go to a bank and still get frustrated mm -hmm. because the banker doesn't know as much mm -hmm. as they do about mm -hmm. their own product. That's exactly right. And which we has got to be embarrassing to a banker. It is. It, I mean, it truly is because it's 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 just knowledge is power, and they mm -hmm. they do not have knowledge of this product. Um, but we we saw how much value there is in in the service of this. Mm -hmm. Not only not only the back end servicing. Uh, as far as, you know, calculating the interest yeah. and the principal and things like that, but just the personal service. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we're not going to leave you next week or the next week or the next week after you close. Right. Uh, if, you, if you have an issue, you have that contact person there that you call. They're incredibly familiar with it. Right. They know exactly uh, the answers to the, most of the questions that you're going to ask. Right. I mean, there's always one. Mm -hmm. um, but that we just put a huge value in that. We're excited about it. Uh, it's 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 gone very, very well um, over the last, I guess, 16 months, mm -hmm. 15 months. Yeah. So. And I will tell you something else that I, I think is game-changing as far as your bankers compared to other bankers. Most bankers in the industry are not compensated based on a home equity line of credit. Mm -hmm. uh, they're typically salaried employees. Mm -hmm. They have some type of bonus structure typically if they open X amount of checking accounts, savings accounts, you know, ELOCs, whatever. But what we have noticed over the last six or seven years of having this business is those bankers who are salary based, mm -hmm. the conversations are very awkward mm -hmm. and unhelpful right. for the client mm -hmm. because they're salary based, right? However, yours are commission-based, right? which is pretty cool because it, it's now, it, it's something that was so frustrating for me for so many years as a cause banker. And sometimes the banker's like, hey, can you just take me off of your list? The, mm -hmm. I don't want your customers overworked. calling me. Yeah, overworked, become, yeah, right. Overworked. Even had some say, I get paid the same if I get two calls a month versus 20. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather get two. Mm -hmm. And nothing gets under your skin as an entrepreneur more than hearing something Absolutely. like that. I mean, if I'm a bank president, I'm right. just like, oh my goodness, yeah. what are you talking about? The next best thing is quarterly goals. Yeah. Once they meet their quarterly goal, mm -hmm. goals, they shut it down. Yeah. But yours are different. So they only get compensated once the client succeeds and mm -hmm. gets what they want mm -hmm. from that product. And it also has to be an amazing process. Mm -hmm. Now, I say that. There's nothing sexy about borrowing money. No, no, no. I mean, there's, I don't want to sound like, you know, we, we put fun back into bar. That's not the case. <laughs> no. That's not the case. No, you're exactly uh, it's, right. I don't care if you're getting a mortgage or a car loan or actually a car loan is probably more fun than a mortgage or mm -hmm. an ELOC. <laughs> yeah. Much quicker. I promise you. Yeah. So it's still a 30 day process, but it's, it's, 
you're now relating it to the mortgage industry where the mortgage industry, if I needed to go get a mortgage or a consumer needed to go get a mortgage, they'd call up a loan officer. Loan officer's working hard. Sure. Because they get paid on commission. They only get there right. incentivized to, to have a good, smooth process and make the customer happy. Mm-hmm. And that's what you've done with your bankers. Right. That's exactly right. Which is right. not industry norm whatsoever. Mm-mm. So not only are they very knowledgeable and educated bankers, but they are compensated to get them to the finish line where the other bankers are not. So I yeah. think that's, in my opinion, I think that's key. Absolutely. I, I agree with you 100%. And that's why we put it in play. That's that's why we created that um, uh, structure mm-hmm. to where it, 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 our guys are, are uh, they hustle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we do have a 30 to 45 day window of expectations. Mm-hmm. Simply because a lot of times the appraisers, like I had a call today to where the appraisers uh, are running two to two and a half weeks behind in a certain mm-hmm. market to where, you know, if we set those expectations at 45 days, we're going to meet those 99.9% of the time. Uh, Heck, in this market, days. if you appraise it on day, appraised it on day one, Versus day forty five. Oh yeah, you may be lo- leaving a hundred grand on. The no, table. you're exactly right. That's that crazy. that has happened as well. Yeah, uh, for sure. Because in between the times of uh, application mm-hmm. to close, there's been another sale that happened so fast that uh, whether it was a cash deal or what, mm-hmm. that created another comp that that offset the, uh, the the value of the property. But until the appraisal was done, y'all can go ahead and get everything mm-hmm. else done mm-hmm. ahead of time. Yeah. For sure, it's contention closing contention yeah. on the It's very contract. clean. It's very clean. We don't charge uh, absorbent fees by anything. Right. I think we charge one fee of seven hundred and fifty bucks is mm-hmm. what we charge. Yeah, uh, everything else is third party costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, your appraisal, your title, your city right. and county uh, charges. And stuff and like that. For being a lender for seventeen years, you always get mud slung, slung in your face mm-hmm. for third party fees that you have no control over. Zero. Right. Zero. Like as a bank, do you guys get paid anything off of the title? No. Do you get paid anything off no. of the appraisal? No. Inspection? Zero. Nothing. No. Right. But yet when people see the fee, they think mm. you're the yeah, one that's charging our cost. it. Yeah. 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 And especially realtors. Mm-hmm. Man, your costs are so high. Yeah. 750 bucks. How much cheaper can we get? Exactly. We need to pay you to do this? Right. But uh, yeah, I, I, I get the frustration. Um, where was I going? I had a thought. See? Did it leave you? I always. That's okay. That's all right. It's the age. It's the ADHD. age. Um, all right, so it's mechanized to work the way it should. Um, you also got the bankers involved; they're educated. You got the process mm-hmm. that is as smooth as possibly can be. You got the bankers that are incentivized to make it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk a, a, because this is something that's also very, very different than what we see industry norm. If you're a first-time home buyer, you guys allow that. Uh, and the reason why I say first-time home buyer is people think that, oh, can you purchase a home using the home equity line of credit? And when people say yes, like they're just borrowing from one house to buy another house. Mm-hmm. Your product, actually, you can close at the closing table mm-hmm. without leveraging another property. It is a purchase first lien position. 100%. Loan. We sure can. Yes. We, we, we're not going to discriminate between a purchase or a refinance. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. That, that is not normal. There's right. very few banks. There are some, but there are very few banks out there that do a purchase transaction HELOC, not right. leveraging another property. Mm-hmm. That's so correct. if you're wanting to buy a primary residence or an investment property, True. that's something else that is very uh, abnormal in the industry is you guys do investment properties too. We do. Um, we do. Yeah, which an investment property, most of the folks watching and listening know what that is. That's a rental property. 
mm-hmm. um, but vacation homes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And a purchase, and two, we we have it structured, Michael, to where a purchase is going to take precedence over a refinance because right. we understand we're under contract and we have mm-hmm. a certain amount of days, whether it be thirty days, mm-hmm. twenty days, or forty-five or sixty days. Yeah. So a purchase is going to uh, we it will take precedence over a, over a refinance because mm-hmm. we are under contract and we want to fulfill that uh, that timeline for sure. Right. Gotcha. Well, where do you see the future of this? And you guys are now the big player in the industry as far as offering this product. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, you guys are one of the few that do it off of the six-month T-bill. Yeah. yeah. Everybody else is doing it off of Prime. Yeah. Yeah, we look really smart right now after uh, yeah. choosing that. Yeah, uh, six-month T-bill is really low. Yeah, it, it's not it's not moved very much at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, very stable. Obviously, Prior to uh, the LIBOR going away, we were on LIBOR, mm-hmm. and then we all sat down in a room and said, uh, you, you know, what do we want to use here? Uh, and so we, we came up with the six-month treasury. And, and the reason why we did that, we looked at the last 30-year history on it, mm-hmm. and it's not been incredibly volatile um, by no means. And because that goes back to the fear right. uh, term that we used earlier to where people... Uh, a banker is going to instill fear in your mind to go with a closed-end product as mm-hmm. opposed to an open-end right. uh, because, oh, what if rates go up? What if, the, you know, well, we, can, we can go back and look at the last 20 to 30 years and it's just... What if rates done? Yeah, nothing really at all. Nothing, what, let's just talk about the last two years. Yeah. What have they done the last two yeah, years? Nothing. They've gone down. They tanked. Yeah. Well, they went yeah. down, which yeah. if you're a consumer... Why would you want to close in product and when rates go down, you get no benefit whatsoever? Correct. Now, the argument could be like, okay, but when rates go up, it's now inferior. Mm-hmm. It's not because, mm-hmm. again, it's simple interest versus on a mortgage, it's an amortized loan. Mm-hmm. So if you're performing the strategy and utilizing your product the way it should be, you're attacking time and balance, which offsets the interest rate. Absolutely. To a certain degree. Now, some sure. people who are not uh, cash flow positive, you know, let's say they're only a couple hundred bucks cash flow positive. Mm-hmm. Interest rates gonna affect them more than mm-hmm. it would be with somebody who's $10,000 cash flow positive each month. Mm-hmm. Um, some people I call interest rate immune because they, they put way more money in and suppress the balance than what they take out, that the balance is going down so fast, who cares what the interest rate is? Mm-hmm. And what, what's great right now is we'll take clients that they, they kind of uh, two, three, four years ago, mm-hmm. hey, this isn't the product for me, Yeah, uh, come back to us. Uh, they have an epiphany or whatever, but they come back to us and we show them uh, through the calculations mm-hmm. if they had chosen to do the first lien HELOC and change nothing other than how they're structured and how right. they pay their debts, this is where they would be four years later. And it absolutely blows their mind. Yeah. It, it really does. Something else that's been at the top of my mind this whole time, the 30 minutes that we've been talking, mm-hmm. is my style versus your style. Okay. All right. If, I don't know if you've watched my podcast or videos, but I have. This is what I wear. Yeah, you know, I got some tactical pants on. Right. I got some black well, you did, shoes on. I saw I, that. And that's why I wore the visor today because I noticed. Other, obviously, y'all didn't do it today, but you always wear a hat. Yeah. And so when in Rome, I wanted to do as the Romans did, and yeah. then I came in and uh, I didn't have to fix my hair. But yeah. then you came in with uh, slick hair, and it looks really good. And this blinding shirt. Oh yeah. Well, I'm a I'm, I, my my personality is really big yeah. a lot of times, and I like bright colors, and so that's what that's what I like to go with. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Chris is not your typical bank executive. Uh, <laughs> I remember we had a lunch meeting with uh, a friend, and I told told him I said, "You watch." I said, "I don't care if it's thirty degrees outside." He's going to show up in golf-looking gear. He's going to have bright colors, probably right. a visor on, and some shorts. Yeah. And he's like, "Man, it's thirty-something degrees." Like, watch, watch. Yeah. And we well, get there, and that's what you're wearing. When, when, when uh, you're you're uh, typically a little bigger guy, 
I always say, you know, it's you don't get cold very often. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't uh, I don't wear long pants a whole lot unless I have to. Long pants. Long pants. That's what my grandma <laughs> oh my used to call goodness. them. Riches. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, you know with COVID, when COVID hit and, and, and we all went away from our offices and then the attire kind of got laxed yeah. and then of course I, I sure did too. Right? Uh, but I'm gonna have to. You uh, just look pants in the face and tell them you're gonna yeah, butt them to death. Absolutely, I'm gonna cut you off. I'm gonna cut you off. <laughs> I'm going to headbutt you today. Yeah, yeah. That's for a different day. Yeah, for sure. For All sure. right. Well, any parting comments, remarks? No. Um, you know, don't be uh, don't be fearful of the project product. Educate yourself on it, and we will walk you right through the process. Um, we're not going to put you into something that you're not going to benefit from. Mm-hmm. We've taken many many customers that that said they wanted the first lien HELOT. We counseled them, did the numbers, and said, hey, this just isn't for you. Mm-hmm. And then we got them into a, a closed-in product that's right. not bad. We got them into another product that benefited them. Um, and, and You bring up a good point because I've said this before. Um, I really wanted mortgages to prove out better and mm-hmm. more efficient mm-hmm. for the, the types of mm-hmm. uh, clientele that, that you're seeking mm-hmm. uh, because mortgages pay well. Sure. And again, coming from a guy who's bank executive for a long sure. time, you would rather do mortgages from a profitability standpoint. Oh, pro- absolutely. Absolutely. Because, now, where does that profit come from? Uh, the consumer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, Paying more interest. Correct. Yeah. It, correct. It's something that's easily sellable in the secondary market. And the reason why it's easily sellable is because those hedge funds can pretty much project out, oh, here's our interest right. earned income on this. Because what do people typically do with a the mortgage? They make the minimal payments. Yeah. Very, very few people pay extra. But even if you did pay extra, you, you have no liquidity, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. anytime uh, I remember we were in Florida one time talking about this. We had this one uh, Debbie Downer or you know, I was thinking that exact same thing. Not, my mind. not a Karen. Kevin. Kevin. Uh, Kevin. So, yeah, well, if I had a 10 year mortgage and paid extra, blah, blah, blah. I was like, OK, that's awesome. You could come close to these numbers. Mm-hmm. Right. If you mm-hmm. paid everything was I mean, when I say everything. You have to put all discretionary funds into the mortgage mm-hmm. after you've paid your bills. Mm-hmm. You could come close. It's not the same, but you could come close to what the HELOC does. But what happens if the transmission goes out? Uh, yeah. What happens if the HVAC goes out? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What happens if your wife gets pregnant and you got some medical bills? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, a, a litany of things. Mm-hmm. You're not liquid. Mm-hmm. And what have you got to do to get access to your liquidity? Mm-hmm. Refinance. Right. Which costs thousands of dollars, which is another place where why mortgages are profitable. The closing costs. Mm-hmm. Um where, you know, I would imagine on you guys' mortgage products, the closing costs are higher than it is on the HELOC product. Mm-hmm. So, why are you snickering at <laughs> Because it's, it's, it blows my mind when, for the right person, how they would ever doubt themselves yeah. or doubt the product or just the numbers. Yeah. Uh, because it, it, I, I found it amusing that you thought the same thing I did because this guy really thought he was going to get me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he threw a 10-year ten, ten out. He goes, well, let's look at a 10-year fixed. Right. Uh, and then we let him create the numbers. We let him create that borrower. Yeah. He created the income. He created the debt. He created that. And then we plugged it in the calculator. And with what he created and what he thought was going to be better on a 10-year, yeah. the HELOC paid off six years earlier. And mm-hmm. I forget how many dollars in interest it saved. Right. It, stayed, it saved the consumer. Yeah. And again, you, you have that comfort to know that you've got access to that equity should you ever need it. Why would you not? Right. 
it, I, I'll also say this. You guys have one of the few products that can cannibalize itself. Mm -hmm. So let's say there are some downtimes. Sure. You know, we'll go through coronavirus yeah. or whatnot. Uh, your consumers can actually utilize their HELOC to pay itself mm -hmm. and actually become an income source for them. Right. So a mortgage, I mean, you've got a reverse mortgage out there that could do that. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're 62 and over yeah. and you've got 40% equity, you could get a reverse mortgage that would do that. Those are extremely expensive and Very. extremely profitable Very for lenders. Profitable, yes. Um, but this one, you essentially create your own reverse mortgage utilizing your home mm -hmm. equity line of credit. So again, if you want to be scared and you want to live in fear, get a mortgage. Right. Because you have a guaranteed loss and no access to your liquidity in times of need. Mm -hmm. You won't have it. All right. Well, awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming in today. We'll do more of these. And, yeah. And uh, for those watching and listening, be sure to like below. If you got some comments, I'll be sure to tag Chris in this video. And, you know, he can chime in and answer some questions if you got some comments below. Uh, but you'll have to check him out. Not necessarily him. You don't want to call his number because you don't want to call the top dog in the bank. You want to call his minions. Yeah, no, 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 not not that. I mean, they're going to be the ones that can take care of, right. care of your needs immediately. You answer. Uh, I will say this: you answer the phone every time, every time, unless I'm on it. Then I'll click that little message. Hey, right. I'm on another call. Yeah. I'll call you right back. And you do. You yeah. always call back. But yeah. don't call Chris. Um, call his bankers, and then uh, we'll, we'll be sure to leave that information. But. Again, folks, just like below, subscribe if you like this, if you got some comments. Hey, if you want to debate, you guys have seen some of the videos where I debate loan officers. I mean, this is somebody who's been in the lending industry for a very long time. And, and like I said at the beginning of this video, if the experts don't want it, why should you want it? So take care, gang. God bless. Thank you.